call today's title as Practical Christianity. I mean, what's fun to be Christian and not practical about it? You know, how to live out Christianity every day. John C. Maxwell, um, he's a great author. He's a leadership author. He's a leadership trainer. He's, he has written hundreds and hundreds of books. If you get a chance to read this book, Leadership 101, please do. But he says, did you know that each of us influences at least 10,000 people during our lifetime? Now, that is not for the super elite who can talk. No, it's for everyone. And this is based on statistics. Okay, so it's American statistics, but I believe it is true. Each of every one of us, we influence at least 10,000 people. Now, the question is, how do we influence them? Or what sort of influence are we causing on other people? Now, as a church, you know, Dave usually says, we have to make an impact in Northampton. How are we going to make an impact on other people? It's depending on what it's depending on how we are influenced. What are we influenced with? What do we carry is how we influence others. Now, let's see what the Bible says. What did, uh, no, skipped. This has gone fast. There we are. Luke 6.45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. Evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks so two key things here good things evil things but heart and mouth what is in our heart comes through our mouth it comes out so what is in our heart you know we when when i was a kid heart was like boom 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 inside but as i grew up i knew this you know bible is not talking about heart alone so that leads me neatly into the next topic. I, I do apologize if you can't see at the back. When I was doing it in the laptop, it was quite big, but now it's quite small, so I am sorry. But the key verse is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. So if you have your Bibles in your phones, hard copy, please do turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, where Paul says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there is three elements there, spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to preserve our spirit, soul and body at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. My assumption was, oh, he will make us all new. We'll be made perfect when Jesus comes. Hold on a second. What Paul is saying is something different here. We have body, soul, and our spirit. Three parts. Body, everybody sees our body. The world sees our body. Yeah? The world sees us who we are. You know, our external. You know, some of us are meaty. Some of us are meatier than others. But that's fine. Isn't it? I mean, world sees us, you know, brown, black, blue. No, we shouldn't be blue. We can be any other color, but not blue. If you think you're blue, let us know. Um, but the world sees us, our actions, how we dress, how we talk, how we conduct ourselves. world is watching. But our actions, you know, I'm talking about as a natural person, before we are believers, we are influenced by what we see. Let's just rewind back. Can you remember the day you were born? I can't. If you can, you know, remember you were born. First thing you see is what? Blurry things around. And then slowly you grow up. You are seeing things around. You have your smell. You hear sounds. You hear, you know, your parents or whoever, whichever adults are around or whoever is around you. You are influenced by them. 
and then suddenly something comes up. I am hungry and I start to cry and suddenly my nappy is full. I start to cry. It is all influenced by my body and what my body wants. So suddenly the world around me, my influence on the world is what my body wants and I learn from others. Oh, my mom dresses up like that. Oh, my dad dresses up like that. My brother is like that. Oh, my brother is saying something nice or something horrible. What is he saying? Everything we take in from what we see around. Are you with me? I think so. Okay, thank you. Um, so, we have our body influenced by the world. Now, I went into the scriptures. The scriptures isn't very nice saying things about the body, to be very honest. In scripture, I'm sure you would have come across several places, body is referred to as flesh. Okay, flesh or carnal. Now, carnal is the is derivative of carnivore, where it just means a meat of, or meat or piece of flesh. That's what carnal means. So, it's just purely talking about our body, where, especially Romans 8, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God at all. So body is not under the law at all. It's like rebellion against the law. Ooh, that's not very nice. And it says, who are in flesh cannot please God. So if we are just living for our body, we cannot please God. And then 2 Corinthians where Paul says, we should not compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. And but they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now, uh, there's a little bit more there. It's not just our body, but it's the worldly influence. We just compare, oh, I'm, I'm a bit brown compared to Dave. You know, it doesn't, oh, I'm, I'm short or I'm fat, I'm, I'm blue, I'm black, whatever. I, I don't have enough money, I don't have a big house, I don't have a car. We just start comparing. It's all based on what we see around us again what or how we are influenced by the world. So the body is not given a very good picture, but majority of us would agree, we are led by how our body tells us. We are kind of ruled by, I'm hungry, I need to go out, earn money, feed my family, I need to feed myself, I need to look after myself, I need to give my family a house. It's all based on worldly standards, if I may. So, where does the Bible kind of shift the attention from, okay, body is sin, so what do we do about it? You know, that's where the next part comes in, our soul, right? So, our body can influence our soul, how? We are going to see in a minute. Our body tells our soul what to do, how to think. So, if our body is hurt, Emotion starts coming in, I feel pain. But when the body feels pain, fine, okay, you, you feel pain. But is it just physical pain that you usually feel? You know, when somebody comes and says, oh, you're rubbish, you're doing your job bad, or, you know, you're worthless, and things like that, does it hurt? It does. Me, it does hurt when somebody comes and complains or blames me. But it's not physical, isn't it? Something hurts. That is where the soul part comes in. There is a soul inside each and every one of us. There is a body, now there is a soul. The Bible says, I'll just skip through it, but please do make notes of the scriptures if you want. Romans 12.2, do not be conformed to this world. Again, the worldly influence is what they're talking about. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, mind is another part, it's soul. Mind, heart, everything is soul. 
that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So, our body can be influenced by our mind. That's the example I said, when somebody says something bad to you, you feel hurt. And your body can react to it. That's where depressions and every sickness can also come. You know, mental illness and everything. It all comes through our mind influencing our body. So we know body can influence the mind. Mind can influence the body. Now comes the third bit, the spirit. Now, our spirit, there is a spirit. But have you ever felt your spirit? I haven't. But I know there is a spirit. How do I know there is a spirit? Because scripture clearly says, you were born with a dead spirit. How can I be born in a dead spirit? Now for that, I think we need to go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. It's, um, so it says, I can just read it. It's okay, I can read it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day... You eat of it, you shall surely die. But we know Adam and Eve did not die on that day. But what, what died on that day? Death is actually a separation. It's just separation. You know, when our soul and spirit leave our body, we say we are dead. But actually, our spirit part cannot be destroyed because what God created can't be destroyed. The spirit cannot be destroyed. It says God is spirit in the word. So, our spirit part when you are born into this world, is dead. Be why is it dead? Because of what Adam did. Everybody after Adam was born with a dead spirit, which literally means we have been separated from God. We are separated from God. That's all it means. If I may bring a picture of uh, a newborn baby with an umbilical cord attached. So the baby was alive with the umbilical cord attached to its mom, and we have to... Cut it off for the baby to be released. So it's similar thing what happened with Adam. That umbilical cord was cut because Adam went and ate the fruit. What happened when Adam ate the fruit? Was it just a disobedience? No, it wasn't disobedience, but it was that act. When he ate the fruit, he started thinking on his own. The, he cut the umbilical cord. He was separated from God. Suddenly it's like... Ah, I have to process all this information on my own. So Adam started thinking on his own. He's not connected with God anymore. We are all born like that. That is where Jesus comes in. Now, this is the good news. We have heard it all this morning. This is the good news. Jesus came. He restored that broken umbilical cord. So he, is, he just connected us back to God. Now we can be one with God. God. That's what Jesus did. He died, he rose again, he went to heaven and he gave us his Holy Spirit. But now we have the Holy Spirit of Jesus inside of us. Now that is the experience called born again. So we were once born, now we are born again. Why? Because now we have the Spirit of God inside us. We are sealed, Ephesians 2. We are sealed, no, not Ephesians 2, Ephesians 1, 13. We are sealed with the Spirit of God. We are one now. We are made alive again in Jesus Christ. So now we are made alive. So I'm going to skip a few places now because Dave said you have to stop talking in half an hour. So let's just go. There we are. So our spirit and the Holy Spirit, we are merged together as one now. So now we have one side, world on this side, influencing our body and our mind. And on the other side, 
we have God influencing us through his spirit. Okay, now who is the decision maker? It's our soul who has to decide, should I look at the world or should I look at God? Now this is the choice that Jesus always says, you decide. You choose me. In Deuteronomy, God says, you know, I have given you death and life. You choose life. He gives us a choice as well. Despite that, some of us took so long. I took 19 years to understand that. You know, okay, Jesus is the truth, the way. Once we choose him, we are born again now. And then our soul needs to decide which way to look. Now, how can our soul understand all this? This is where the word of God comes in. Romans 12, 2. We have to constantly renew our mind with the truth so we can allow the spirit of God work in our soul. So we know, as I established before, the soul can be affected by the body. Now we know soul can be affected by the spirit. But we also know the soul can affect the body, the soul can be in charge of the body. Now, we all fasted for 21 days, so some of us would have actually taken a day without eating. The first thing that the body would have told you is, I am hungry. I'm sure we all would have gone through it. I am hungry. But then, the more time we spend with God, that feeling slowly goes away. I'm sure most of you would have experienced that. What is the natural explanation for it? There isn't one. Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was human. He wasn't a superhuman. He was just a human like us. He could do that through the influence of the Holy Spirit. So, and Jesus also said to the devil when he was trying to light him, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. So, we have the power to control our body through our faith in Jesus Christ. We need to let the Holy Spirit rule us. So, Jesus says, we are like him now in spirit. We are like Jesus in the spirit. And Jesus says, as I am, or it wasn't Jesus who said. No, it wasn't Jesus who said. It was John who said it. We are like Jesus in this world. It's in 1 John 4.17. 1 John 4.17. Because as he is, so are we in this world. But how can we achieve this? I mean, come on, if you look around, I don't think anybody will come and say, Robin, you are Jesus. I doubt that. But I am working towards that. I am working towards that. I'm sure all of us is working towards that. We are meant to be Jesus. Is it for our own benefit? No. Jesus did not just live for his benefit. He lived for others. He lived to serve others. He has called us to serve others. He has called us to influence others. But how can we practically do it? Jesus has modeled it perfectly for us. Now, I'm quickly skipping through it. Jesus used the Holy Spirit to influence his soul. He was always connected to his Father. Jesus always said, I do what my Father shows me. How does he know it? Because he spent time with his Father. He's connected to his Father through the Holy Spirit. Are we connected? I have established it. We are all connected to God, just like Jesus. So why, are, why isn't our soul getting affected by the Holy Spirit? Because most probably we are just looking to our needs. We are busy. That's one of the biggest lies or deceiving that the devil has put in this world. You have to work all the time. And then we get tired and then we are like, oh, reading Bible, I fall asleep. Which is good. A lot of people can't sleep at night. But if you fall asleep reading Bible, it's good. But 
we don't have time to read Bible. I'm not, please don't think I'm, I'm blaming you. I'm equally responsible for it. I'm like, uh, I'm so tired, I can't read the Bible. You know, I might just play. Now, audio Bible is so comfortable. We just play the audio Bible. I've done my job now. I can listen and just fall asleep. But is that enough? It's not enough. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm encouraging you. When we actually shift our focus to the Holy Spirit through the Word, the Word actually trains us, helps us to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said, my sheep will listen to my voice. So how can we listen to God amongst all these voices around us? The only place is through the word of God. Once we read the word, we understand, we renew our mind, we start listening to the Holy Spirit. And slowly, 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 we get used to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Now that's where, let's just go, there we go. We need to believe that we are one with Jesus. We are one with him. Yeah? In spirit, not in body, in spirit. We need to renew our mind through the word of God. How can we renew our mind? Do, is it work? Are we doing anything? No, we are not. If I say the word of God says, you know, your soul will prosper, my soul will prosper. How will my soul prosper? By submitting myself to the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5 it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control. So one easy way to see is, our actions, our words, our thoughts, is it aligning with that? Is it actually? It's very easy to actually just you know, check ourselves. Am I actually listening to the Holy Spirit? And when I'm shouting at my children, I'm like, you know, I do a flesh flash if I may use that. I'm like, I go, but I love you, my son. And they go, yeah, yeah, dad. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. But that was emotion. That was, you know, it was, I know it wasn't the Holy Spirit. I know that. I'm happy to confess that. How do we check? How do we check? You know, in churches, I'm not saying living gracious, but in churches I've noticed, especially in Indian churches, I've noticed people will come and say, oh brother, so happy to see you, we love you so much. And that's it, until next Sunday. So we go next Sunday, oh, we love you so much, brother. And they give you a hug and a kiss, and then you send a text message saying, oh, can you please pray for me, pastor? And you go, no response. And the next week we go, ah, oh, we love you, brother. Again, I'm not saying about living grace. I'm just saying I've experienced that in Indian churches especially. So, and when we say, oh, I'm, I'm hurting on my leg, they'll just come and say, oh, they just cry and pray for you. But over time, I've actually realized it's more sympathy rather than love. Jesus didn't do anything out of sympathy. He cried. He really cried. He wept with those people who were crying. He moaned with them who were mourning. We are called to do it. We are called to love people. How can we love people? We can only love people when we realize how much we are loved. Hence, going back to my first slide, we need to know what is influencing us. If Jesus is not influencing us, we cannot influence others in a good way. His love, his joy, his peace should be the empire in my heart and my soul. If I move with that, you will make a difference in other people's life. You know, I, I, I always say to my family, you know, you don't have to go out and talk thousands and thousands of words. Your action should display Jesus. 
your actions should display. If you really genuinely love someone, you don't have to go and talk to them for half an hour. You don't have to. Just a hug, just a kiss, just standing with them. You know, um, I remember one story. I wouldn't name names here, but um, somebody from this church, they went, they heard that somebody lost a family in India. So they, all they did was they just went to that house and sat with them. They didn't even utter a word. They just went there, sat with them. The other person just rambled and cried and everything. This person did not say a word. I think they spent half an hour, 45 minutes, and then they left. But a year later, that lady came back to thank this person, saying that on that day, you came to my house, you sat with me. You didn't say a word, but you sat with me. That was more valuable to me. There are people who have been like that, I'm sure in all our lives. People just loving us. How, how can they love us unconditionally if you don't have Jesus in you? Jesus says he is love. He is life. If you are led by the Spirit, we will display all the fruits of the Spirit. You know, Paul says you should, you should actually check yourself. You should judge yourself. He's not saying judge others, but judge others by their actions. Just like that, we have to judge ourselves, our actions. Am I actually doing things to please others or am I actually doing things because I love others? If you are not moved by love, my dear friends, we need to check ourselves. Everything must come out of love. It's as simple as that. And love nowadays, it's such a misused term. I love ice cream, I love cars, I love everything. I love other men, I love other women. It's, it has been so tarnished. The word love has been abused now. That is not true. The true love is putting others above us. You know, put the interest of others above us. No strings attached is love. And I've, I've missed something. Speak out the words of life over our own life situations. I mean, this is what we hear when we actually, if you have ever flown in an aeroplane, I'm sorry to bring that example in. I, I, it's, it's one of the best examples. It says, put your mask on before you put on other people. That's kind of true here. Make sure that you don't have a plank sticking out of your eye before you go and check other people. You know, make sure that we are rooted firmly in Jesus. I'm sure you all, we all know this truth, but sometimes it helps. You know, it helps. I'm when I was preparing this, I was like, God, I miss all these basics. You know, it's like, is my actions love? Is my words love? No, it's not, not always. Not always, but it will be, it must be, when I am rooted in the Word, when I am focusing on the Holy Spirit. Now we get influenced by sickness, problems, financial problems, marital problems, all the problems. We get influenced by them. And because of that, we go down. Physically, emotionally, we go down. But Jesus says, in this world you will have problems. John 6, 33. John 16, verse 33. In this world you will have problems, but... Rejoice, I have overcome this world. Meaning he has overcome the world. He didn't say you won't have any problems, but he said he has overcome the world for us. Solution is in him. Shift your focus onto him and he will lead us through it. Problems will not disappear, my dear people. That is not the good news. But the good news is the solution has already been provided. Jesus already knew all the problems that's going to come. Solution is provided. It is in him. So let's shift our focus from this world, from our own needs, to Jesus and let us live out our lives. If you are not encouraging each other, let's not talk. Every word that comes out of our mouth should be out of love, should be... Okay, we can correct other people, but 
if you're not building them up, it's a flash flash. It's not news flash, okay? It's not good news. So we should check everything against the spirit of God. Right, I'm not going to talk further because my half an hour has been done. But what I would like all of us to do is, if you are able to stand, please do. And I want all of us, including myself, I, I would like to check. You know, it's, if we are not leaving today with at least something in our hearts that we need to focus our actions, our words against the Holy Spirit, you know, we are not changed. Every time when we come to church, we should walk out. Something should have changed. Come on, we are here with Jesus. We are here with Jesus. He's, he's not out walking around, but he's inside us. He's knocking from inside our heart to enter into our souls. So if there's anything in your soul, in your mind that's bothering you, that you think, oh God, there is no solution for it. I cannot share it with anyone. That is fine. Let Jesus into that area of your soul. Let his spirit flow through. You know the term, fill me up with the Holy Spirit. It literally means let Jesus out of your heart and let him flow through your soul. Let him overflow through our bodies. If it's physical healing you need today, if it's mental healing, relationship problems, he says it is done. Just shift your focus to Jesus. So if we can all just lift our voices, just bring your problems to Jesus. I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for myself quite selfish. Now you pray for yourself. You speak against your problems. If you have a pain in your body, you lay your hands and say, Jesus has healed me. In the Holy Spirit, I am healed. In the Holy Spirit, I have everything I need. I just need that manifestation into my soul and into our body. So let's all, let's all just, let's just, let's just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody here is actually struggling to, I don't know how I would f pay this bill off, something huge, which you are struggling. Hey, Jesus is our provision. And I speak blessing over your finances and supernatural provision. When we shift our focus to Jesus, when we take mind away from our own efforts and say, Jesus, help me, he will give you the power to make that bill paid. He will give you the finance. And I anybody who is struggling with an addiction, I speak blessing. I speak blessing over your soul, that your soul is free today. You are not leaving this place as an addicted, addicted man. You are leaving as a free man. Because Jesus has healed you from that addiction. It's not a problem in your life anymore. We just need to believe it and stand strong. And Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for my dear brothers and sisters here. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for this word. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you, Jesus, that your Holy Spirit is working in us. Lord, we surrender ourselves, our souls into your, your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit flood our souls and our minds and let it come out in our words and actions. Lord Jesus, let us be you in this world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wonder Church. Bless you. Amen. You know, it's amazing. We think we have everything we need. Everything we need is here. And the point is, does he have all of us? That's the issue. That's that's the issue that Robin has pointed us to because, you know, we ev- we already have everything, but does does he have all of us? And I remember Eric speaks on this, spoke on this series a while, the flow of life. Do you remember that? Which way does life flow? Does life flow from the world into our lives? Or does life flow from the spirit into our lives? And I think it's always good. This is why walking in repentance is always the model that we have from God. And I remember reading um, uh, some book it was now. It's not a matter of doing more things. It's getting rid of those things that stop the flow of life and that make the flow of life go the wrong way. So let's just finish by just closing in with God. And to come to God, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And if you're fully aware that the flow of your life has been coming from the world into your soul and mind and spirit, you can see areas where it's flowing from the world. The influence of materialism, the influence of, of secularism, or the influence of um, wanting to be liked, wanting to find people, wanting to please people, whatever it is, whatever it is, is a chance right now to repent and to turn around. And through Robin's model today, we can literally almost turn around and look the other way. I'm looking to you, God. I'm looking to you. I'm looking to you. In your heart, just repent and say, I'm sorry, God. I'm changing my mind. I'm receiving my influence from the Word, from the Spirit, from God himself. God, we bless your word to our hearts and our spirits. God, we bless the time in your presence. We bless the time around your table in communion. Father, we bless what we've already done and what we're about to do in fellowship together. Jesus, I'm asking for a a renewing of our minds so that rather than being impacted by the world, we begin to impact the world. God, I bless everyone here, every family. Father, every family, every individual, I speak the blessing of heaven over them in the name of Jesus. Cause your face and your favor to rest upon us. Father, that we may be in this world as you are, Let this week be a week full of joy as we serve you, I pray, in the name of Jesus.
Amen. 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 Be blessed. Tomorrow night, we are meeting at Boardmead. 7.30, join together and pray. Tuesday night, the women are meeting at Leah's house. Have a great week. Be blessed. Finish the cake, please. Tea and coffee. Have a great week. God bless you all. Thank you.